Your neighbor tells you about the unstable man in the cul-de-sac who claims to have been abducted by aliens. And then there's the woman in town who claims to see Bigfoot all the time. Your boss, who you greatly admire, confides in you that he has started speaking with his wife daily when he gets home from work. She died eight years ago. It's hard to believe this stuff, and you write these stories off as overactive imaginations. Are these people seeking attention, or are they a bit unstable? No matter what you think, if you're like me, you walk away wondering, what if that was true? The What If It's True podcast features stories by ordinary people like you and me. Something has happened to them, something so strange they are in agony unless they tell others. My name is Cameron Buckner, and the What If It's True podcast is available at whatifitstruepodcast.com and on all available podcast apps. Go ahead and show us some love on whatever platform you're using to listen, and check out our website, planetfearpodcast.com, for ways to follow us on social media, contact info, and more. The world is a fearful place. We are surrounded by people and things that would do us harm. Some walk among us every day, while others lurk in the shadows, a threat unknown. Join us as we discuss all of the things that frighten us most, from the paranormal and unknown, to the true and horrific crimes committed by our very own kind. With Matt Knapp and Lauren Smith on Planet Fear. Spook lights. Ghost lights. Will o' the wisp. Orbs. What's the difference? Are they just a variation of the same thing? The definition I have come up with to explain the differences between them, I'm going to say that a ghost light slash spook light slash whatever you want to call it is a light that reappears in the same geographic location mm-hmm. time and time again. Okay. Where orbs and will-the-wisp and things like that are just random occurrences. I could go with that. However, we don't really know if they're random occurrences. <laughs> I mean, have you been back to that location where you saw that orb to see if it shows up again? No. Yeah, so. No. Um, and actually, Bob saw one mm-hmm. in that same general location, I believe. Uh, he and another guy watched one uh, go off the edge of a cliff down in southeastern Oklahoma and disappear mm-hmm. into the wilderness. That's where I saw mine was southeastern Oklahoma. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it's the same thing or... I don't know. Um, it's just that they're all over the world. They're, so they're so orbs, uh, will, will of the wisp, spook lights, ghost lights, whatever. They are all over the world. And it seems like every culture has their own belief in what they are. Mm-hmm. Like... So here in Oklahoma, we do have spook lights. Um, We have rather well-known ones and then lesser-known ones. But here, some of the legends explain that it's uh, the ghosts of two young Native American lovers looking for each other. Mm -hmm. But like Will-o'-the-Wisp, you know, uh, Mexico, they believe that they are brujas or witches and they transform into these lights 
to be mobile, which is kind of terrifying, honestly, to me. Um, there's different versions in Asia, China, Europe. I mean, all over the world. And recently, or I guess not so recently <laughs> at this point, in our Canine Cryptids ep- episode, mm-hmm. I learned that uh, the Nalusophilia Native American belief says that uh, the young ones can leave their bodies and their souls travel around as orbs of light at night. Me either, but I'm just saying, (laughs) like, you know, that's another uh, belief or lore behind these things. Right. Or if you're a skeptic, it's swamp gas. Swamp gas, bald lightning. Yep. Atmospheric ghost lights or fires that appear in the atmosphere without obvious cause. And there, is, there are atmospheric ghost lights. That's, Those things do happen. That's a thing. Yeah. But the things that we're talking about are not the same thing. No. A lot of them seem to have some sort of intelligence behind them, mm-hmm. which makes them even creepier to me. Right. They almost interact. Yeah. It seems like um, they don't have a light source. They're not a reflection from another light source. They move of their own free will. They don't move in a certain pattern. They aren't fixed. Yeah, they don't follow no rules. (laughs) They're rebels. They do what they want. I I don't know. I, um... There are quite a few famous spook lights. More... I, I feel like even more than one is crazy to me but there are uh yeah (laughs) some are even so famous that they've just become accepted Mm -hmm. and are a thing that pretty much anyone can just go and see whenever they want to i mean there's a chance that you won't see them if you go look for them but if you spend any time looking for them the chances are you will see them eventually which is also kind of weird i actually know a person who lives in the area of Oklahoma where our most famous spook light is Mm -hmm. and she has seen it multiple times Hmm. lots of people she knows her whole family seen it her friends have seen it they see it all the time they still see it to this day and it's pretty interesting because whenever you start reading up on it it's kind of like a lot of other things that we look into where initially it says this has been debunked this has been explained away They figured it out. But then whenever you start reading actual cases on it Mm -hmm. and getting into the details, you find out that, like, well, no, actually, it hasn't been debunked at all. Right. And uh, that was the case with this particular light. Uh, The first thing that I found on it was that a group of people, uh, amateur, paranormal, and unexplained Mm -hmm. researchers, had figured it all out. It's just car headlights Mm -hmm. on a hill a couple miles away. Whenever the situation's just right, you can see the car's headlights appear in this spot, which is usually the explanation for the vast majority of these lights. Right. But then once you get into those specific cases, uh, you find out that, like, no, no, that's not just some car headlights in the distance. Yeah. So they said that it was car headlights and taillights, and they conducted an experiment to recreate the light with the headlights of a car in that area, and it was Mm. successful. Not to throw a wrench in their uh, diligent research there, but this 
occurrence has appeared continually since the late 19th century in this area. Yeah. I mean, all the way back to the Trail of Tears in the 1830s, which, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think they had a lot of Mm-mm. vehicles with headlights roaming around the hills back then. <laughs> no. The first documented sighting is generally accepted to have occurred in 1881, um, although there are some report sightings as far back as 1866. And the first published report is 1936 in the Kansas City Star. I mean, that's one of the things that some websites point out is that whenever people started driving cars and all these roads are being built, that's whenever you started reading reports on these lights. But that's not true. That same time period is also whenever you started having like newspapers becoming a common thing, Mm -hmm. news traveling faster and way better than it had before but the stories go back way before that yeah in 1946 the u.s army corps of engineers actually studied this specific phenomenon and so this one just to clear it up if you say a spook light you could be talking about any spook light or ghost light but if you say the spook light that's the one here in northeastern oklahoma and Mm -hmm. missouri on the border so we coined the term. I just want to say that. Um, it's also called the Hornet Spook Light, Hollis Light, and Joplin Spook Light. Anyway, Army Corps of Engineer, they studied the spook light, but could not find a cause for it. In their words, they said it was a mysterious light of unknown origin. And here's the part where I don't think it's just car lights and everything else. Early residents of the area reported seeing the lights in the woods, over their land, and even in their yards. That's one of the things about it. So this group that put out the accepted explanation Mm -hmm. of it being a road that lines up perfectly two hills away, however far that is, the light isn't seen on just one road. Mm -mm. It's not seen in just one spot. It's seen in a general geographic area. And the reports are inconsistent on the color as well. You know, some are greenish glow, some are orange, red, yellow, even blue. Um they do say it's almost always in the shape of a ball Mm -hmm. but for me the colors don't match headlights either so some personal stories that were shared with me uh just the other night about this particular spook light she said that the first time she saw it she was in the car with her parents she was younger and at first it was what appeared to be two car headlights, just a pair of headlights behind their car. And it was speeding and catching up with their car. And as it got closer, uh, the mother started getting nervous and said something to the father, you know, like, look behind us or something mm-hmm. to that effect. And she remembers her dad kind of braced them all for impact or whatever, you know, and like gripped the steering wheel and her mother like put her arm out and everything. The lights went over the top of the car, passed them, went in front of them on the road, and merged into one bigger light and zoomed ahead of them, but stayed within view the whole time. And this was in this area. And this was uh, in this area, specifically on East 40 Road. Wow. And that it came back towards them and, I believe, split into two lights again and went around them. And she said whenever the light was moving down the road 
it was kicking up dust and debris, hmm. you know, as a force from the movement. And she said this light will oftentimes split into multiple lights and then join back together in another light. She says it will mimic cars on the road. It will like pass a car and change to red and split in two and look like tail lights. And it says it, she said it definitely has some sort of intelligence behind it. Another one of her friends saw it bouncing from each side of the road back and forth as it passed her. So this isn't like we're not talking we're not talking about somebody seeing a light in the distance. Yeah. We're talking about the light chases cars down the road and passes them and lights up the vehicle as it goes by them and everything. That's crazy. I mean, it's terrifying but fascinating to me. Because it's interacting. It's interacting as a ghost would. Yeah. You know, um but I just try to think how much energy it would have to have to do that. To put out that much light and that type speed and just everything. Yeah. Wow. Uh, illuminating the vehicles. You know, this is something that comes up again in several instances with different spook lights. Uh, where it'll be so close that it illuminates the vehicle or the home or because sometimes these spook lights show up in people's yards like you said Mm -hmm. you know it's not just necessarily tied to a road uh which also kind of debunks the whole idea of it just being a vehicle somewhere uh the most recent sighting that she had of it she was with a friend of hers and she was in the back seat of the vehicle her friend's daughter was in the front seat and again this time it was just a uh, single light comes up behind their car they're headed towards an intersection it speeds up and catches up with them the daughter says something because she can see it getting brighter in the mirror her mom says i know i've been watching it and she said it just got right on their tail lit up the whole interior of the car and whenever they got to the intersection it just vanished gone no more light. I mean, at what point do we go ahead and throw UFOs into the mix? Yeah. Because that's all I can think of. If this was in the sky, it would be a UFO. I mean, it's technically flying. Even if it's not in the sky, it's yeah. it's flying behind them, over them, beside them. It's still, to me, a UFO. Right. And you mentioned, you know the army corps of engineers looking into it or whatever uh there's some other famous spook lights in uh texas Mm -hmm. that the military has looked into as well at one point in time and had no explanation yeah i'm sure you know drones because my first thoughts like drones and you know Mm -hmm. i'm i would love to know if the number of spook light cases and sightings if that number has gone up since drones became a thing but it those stories that you were telling that you were told to me i think that would have happened before drones right yeah so that's probably not a thing probably not the first one especially uh was long before drones yeah um and something else to think about is you know these obviously happen at nighttime you and i both have been out in remote areas mm-hmm. at nighttime a lot right <laughs> <laughs> and whenever you're out there if you see a person smoking a cigarette 
all you can see is the light of that cigarette. Yeah. You can't see an entire human attached right. to it behind it. Right. So there's no telling what the light is actually attached to mm-hmm. in some of these situations. If it's the same thing in all these different situations, because, you know, it's happening everywhere. It's a global phenomenon that all these different cultures talk about and have explanations for. And in every geographic location where it happens, there seems to be some sort of story tied to it. Yeah. You know, to try and explain it, which we just recently talked about again, you know, with folklore about how that happens and everything. Yes. And this seems to be an example of that exact thing happening. It is. Um, Like the one you mentioned in Texas, the Bragg Road Lights or Saratoga Ghost Road. Um, It actually has kind of a a couple different names as well which we see a lot Mm -hmm. in these the legend goes that it's the lantern of a headless brakeman that was decapitated by a train yeah that's the first one i actually heard about this one before i heard about the one in oklahoma and a friend of mine he had always wanted to go down there and see it because he had a cousin who saw it and again it was a situation where the story behind this one lines up with it because it happens on train tracks. It's like an mm-hmm. old stretch of railroad. And this cousin of his that lives uh, in Texas had gone to see it. And again, it was a situation where the light actually came to the person and passed by them while they were standing there. They were just like standing there. They weren't in a vehicle or anything. And it went right by them slowly and uh i mean how do you explain that he said it was about the size of a basketball it kind of reminded him of a lantern like an old lantern Mm -hmm. and he watched it from a distance it passed by him and then came back and went by him again and kind of stopped down he wasn't the only one there There there's a group of people at the time and I guess after the second time that it had gone by them with all of them just kind of staying there, like, you know, in awe, mm-hmm. uh, they kind of got their bravery up a bit. So they started walking towards it. And whenever they had walked towards it, it would back off and then they would stop and it would stop. So it was reacting to their movement, mm-hmm. or at least that's what it appeared to do. So, again, another situation where you have something that seems to have intelligence behind it. Again, that is terrifying and fascinating. <laughs> like, well, is, the, the is it thing, ghost? Is it aliens? Like, it, you know? That's what I don't understand about this. This is something that you can just go see. Yeah. So why <laughs> isn't there an explanation? Why aren't television crews down there, you know? I mean, they have videos of these lights and stuff, but it's always like, somebody that just went on vacation to go see it or whatever and it'll be a you know a potato camera or whatever (laughs) why aren't there scientists with you know 4k video cameras out there like on a regular basis they set up a freaking webcam live stream it you know yeah i mean i i i don't know enough about it to know if someone has done that yet but i mean you would think right you would think so as with anything that we don't know enough about I would say purposefully interacting with them makes me nervous. 
because the legends of the will of the wisps mm -hmm. you don't follow them <laughs> because they are leading you to, that's the devil leading you right. to your demise or a sinister you know situation or you know whatever um i don't know it's like these lights are some of them are mysterious some of them seem playful and that just gives me weird vibes because I'm like, oh, it's trying to lead me to my death. <laughs> so let's think about the deep, dark trenches of the ocean. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah, let's <laughs> Let's do think that, about the anglerfish, for yes, instance. Yes, yeah. That's what I imagine. Exactly. Like, oh, look, this human is yeah. standing there. Let's give it a pretty light and right. lead it to its doom. I'm just saying. Um, so the Bragg Road lights, people have been seeing them there for years as well i mean this is this is not like a recent thing this has been to the 1930s yeah there was an old timer that swore that a light panicked his horses his team of horses and dumped him into the ditch to me that's again intentional like the light came up and scared the horses yeah there's a lot of different things uh a preacher in the area claimed that the light was an omen and the end of the world you know nailed it yeah <laughs> um a young man said that the light landed atop his car and began making odd noises see i've heard that in a couple of cases too like it like these lights making noises i mean if it is a ghost it's energy right yeah if it is ufo it's energy <laughs> so i mean that would make sense but it's it is weird they said it's a light, but that it bobs. Mm -hmm. So it's ah, that's just like an old decapitated brakeman <laughs> carrying his ghost lantern. Yeah, you know, <laughs> down the tracks. You also have in Texas the Marfa lights. Yeah, which are probably I would say either the most famous or definitely the most common ones that you can see. Yeah, and they show up. I mean, they. There's people that have gone there thinking it was a hoax and have pictures. Like, yeah. that's the thing with the Bragg Road lights and the Marfa lights and the Spook light. There's pictures of all of these things. Yeah. I mean, this isn't Bigfoot. Like, no. we, there are actually pictures of the of the Spook lights. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is a thing that is, we don't know what it is, but we do have documentation of it. And with the Marfa lights, they're just out in the desert with the backdrop of a mountain range they're they're not roads or anything and that's actually the lights i was referring to earlier that the military looked into ah. it was a uh, either right after or during world war ii it was a uh, midland army airfield looked into it and came up with no explanation for them that was their their official investigation results. I mean, did they really not have an explanation, or did they not have an explanation they wanted to give to the public? The bigger question is, why were they looking into it? Oh, I guess. It, it kind of falls back to that whole UFO thing, in my opinion. So, in your research, did you find anything out about the Lubbock lights in UFOs? I did not. The Lubbock lights phenomenon as it's usually referred to, occurred in late August and early September of 1951. So this was more dots that were flying in a U or a V formation over the city. So this is more of a UFO situation, mm -hmm. but they were, again, they said they were lights 
They were not meteors. They looked kind of like stars, but brighter. And then they were kind of a soft, glowing bluish green. That's interesting to me in the fact that the same type description is applied to the Marfa lights, Mm -hmm. where they're all different random colors. They go in different formations. Sometimes they're seen in straight lines. Sometimes they're zipping around each other. It's just kind of all over the place. The Air Force was called in to investigate the uh, uh, Lubbock lights as well. Wow. Just FYI, you know. Lieutenant Edward J. Rappelt, supervisor of the Air Force's Project Blue Book program, interviewed the professors that saw this and other witnesses. They studied the pictures in detail and basically said, I don't know. Don't know. They said, uh, can't, can't prove or disprove the authenticity of these photos. I don't know. So, Matt, you want to take a road trip? If I were to... <laughs> go somewhere i don't know um it would probably be marfa the reason because like marfa has like they've set up a viewing platform on the highway Uh, this place they're out in the desert you can see them from far away oh my gosh this place okay the spook light the spook light yeah i know It, it should be all about you know hometown you know no i'm saying the spook light has a freaking museum yeah but see it creeps me out it's an hour and 38 minutes from where we are right now but in marfa you can sit at a platform on the highway and be like yep there they are it's not like passing your car and running into you and possessing you and whatever else they do what really (laughs) well it could happen. Listen, I think we should go. We should take a road trip. I think you should go and record it for us. I mean... Your kids would love to see this book light. <laughs> they probably... No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the spook light. It's another thing where everybody wants to see it until you see it. Did you not hear how I reacted when I saw the orb? It wasn't positive. There was not excitement. <laughs> yeah, but the orb didn't come hang out with you. Thank God. <laughs> it was a very long way from the cabin, okay? It it would not have been good at all. So you really want to see a spook light? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought you did. Like, I thought you wanted to go to Marfa I, 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 and see the spook light. I was saying if I were to go, I think your best chances of seeing one are Marfa. Oh. Just as a one-time trip. Yeah. Now, if you spent a lot of time in the Oklahoma-Missouri border area, you would probably get to see the Joplin slash Hornet slash whatever you want to call it, Spooklight. But that one is just so much more personal. I mean, first off, you're in an area called the Devil's Promenade. I mean, anything with the word devil in it, I'm kind of out on. It, th- uh, no, like, no. <laughs> what? There's there's ple- there's lots of places with that. Devil's backbone, yeah. devil's knuckle sandwich and stuff. You know, all over Oklahoma. That was a big thing. It's a 10 hour and 32 minute drive to Marfa. And it's only an hour and 38 minutes from here to the spook light. The Hornet spook light. The Hollis light. The Joplin spook light. So, I say, 
that we give our listeners a real treat and we take a little roadie road trip. I'll bring the snacks. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> so we've talked about Oklahoma mm-hmm. and then we moved down to Texas. Yeah. But these things are all over. Everywhere. So I've got a list of some others. Ooh. Jacob's Lantern from Illinois, a uh, local Iroquois County legend. In the autumn of 1859, a man named Jacob and his female companion murdered a cattle drover on the road north from Danville. Good Lord. Whether the crime was intentional or an accident is never made clear. But the two decided to hide the evidence by burying the man's body in a field near the old barn. To light their way, they carried a soft lantern and hung it from a tree as they dug his shallow grave. And now you can see the lantern. I don't know. How did, I mean. That's rude. How did they even find this information out? <laughs> but, why is it called? I mean, I get why it's called Jacob's Lantern. But I mean, I just think it's rude not to name it after, you know. But there's a guy who claims that, you know, you can see it. Uh, on autumn nights the yellow glow in the distance and that Hmm. as a child he used to be able to see it from his kitchen window and his parents would sprinkle holy water around their house whenever it appeared wow yeah saint mary's light holy water on on hand like you just take water and pray over it okay yeah really though i mean it's kind of generic is it because i've always wondered about this i've always had an, I mean, a, a, it's a, supposed a, to be blessed by a priest i think okay so there you go so do you just like maybe his dad hey, was a priest here's a little bottle of dasani can you take care of that for me you know like i i just i have questions i it's a tangent it's a rabbit hole okay just stick with me i have questions what if i need holy water matt okay you never know when you're gonna have to you never know exactly okay continue uh saint mary's light from St. Mary's, Iowa. Again, 1870s. A woman named Mrs. Wallace burned to death in her home on a 160-acre farm. Was it spontaneous human combustion? Probably so. Okay. Uh, just south of the tiny Catholic community of St. Mary's. See, if she would have had holy water, it wouldn't have been such a big deal. Since that time, a glowing red and orange fireball, 15 to 20 inches in diameter, has been seen skirting the perimeter of the farm which came to be owned by a family named Stores. I don't know why they included that part. (laughs) One local farmer, Orville, I just wanted to get his name out, Orville, a farmer named Orville. Was his last name Redenbacher? No. No, that's disappointing. But funny enough, his last name is Burning. (laughs) So Orville spotted the light as he was walking home from a card game in the wee hours of the morning. (laughs) Orville, you're, you're, you're you were <laughs> drunk. Orville, you're kind of not working as a witness. <laughs> uh, floating along the fence line, its bright glow perfectly contrasted with the newly fallen snow. He sometimes saw the light from the window of his farmhouse, nearly a mile away. Stranger still, in 1947, an Indianapolis man named Roy Whitehead claimed to hear a voice emanating from the St. Mary's light as it hovered above the road. A man's voice. Uh, just a voice. A man heard it. Oh, okay, okay. Then we have another one from Missouri. Wait, can we go back? I mean, are we going to discuss dragons? Like, could that be? I'm just saying. It's a possibility. Don't look at me like that. Or fairies. Yeah. Tinkerbells floating around. Fae. They're called the fae. Okay, so what is fairies? What's the difference between fae and fairies? I would have to give you, like, this really long Irish history, and I, I just don't. 
yeah, that, but a lot of the Will of the Wisps and stuff like that, people also called, uh, blamed on the Fae, so. Well, basically, so you've got others from Minnesota, Ohio, Indiana, um, there seem to be quite a few from Ohio and Illinois, uh, Michigan, a lot of these are Midwestern, it seems. Yeah. And pretty much all of them involve some tragedy and a lantern, some tragedy and a fire. You know, it kind of follows the same themes in each story. But lanterns and fires are very popular ones. Dragon suit, I'm telling you. And fairies. And fae. You know, if you think about it, the East Coast and the West Coast, they really got all the good cryptids, right? So the Midwest, we're kind of all just stuck with floaty lights and sometimes Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. Which sometimes people see these lights. With Bigfoot. While looking for Bigfoot. Yes. My orb was whilst looking for the Bigfoots. I know a guy in uh, Washington State. You know a guy? Yeah. Who uh, friends? It is believed has Bigfoot on his property. He lives on a Native American reservation. And he saw one of these lights on the side of a mountain across the river from his home Hmm. that uh, he claimed looked like a campfire, Hmm. which I would believe was probably a campfire. (laughs) We did get into a debate about that. He was very convinced that it was not a campfire much too bright and much too large and suddenly vanished Hmm. and was on supposedly part of the mountain where nobody would be camping but you also hear stories about you know people finding weird things and their reason for finding it and it being weird is because well it couldn't have been a human do it because no humans come out here except you're a human and you were there to find it so i don't know are all these lights easily explainable are they just headlights on a distant hill or is there something to some of them i mean i've got witnesses that i know personally they're saying they've seen them are they people from the other side or i don't even want to say people are they entities from the other side trying to interact with us yeah i don't know i mean they act ghosty but they also kind of act ufo-y yeah you know i had someone um I don't think it was a theory. It was more like just kind of talking out loud. But this person said that what if orbs are Bigfoot drones? Hmm. I thought that was the image made me giggle quite a bit. But what if orbs are UFO drones is where I was going with that. Right. I mean, a difference in belief or theory in regards to UFOs from the time of whenever I was a child to now Mm -hmm. is... Now that we're using drones, mm-hmm. people started realizing, you know, it makes a lot more sense for an advanced alien civilization to send drones to our planet than actually entities or beings in a spacecraft. Right. That could be easily blown up because that's what humans do to right. things they don't know what they are. And, you know, we send drones in the ocean. We've been doing it for years, you mm-hmm. know. So, we send drones into hostile areas. Yeah. It just makes sense that. Yep. So maybe this is technology or something from a different dimension that we just don't understand. 
So are they drones? Are they fairies? Are they UFOs? All I know is if you see a strange ball of light down the road, leave it alone. On Planet Fear. On Planet Fear. As always, we thank you for listening. Please don't forget to give us a five-star review and a like. Also, check out our other social media sites for new content. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next time on Planet Fear.